Good morning. Yes, it is morning. And welcome to season two, episode six of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and friends. So good morning. I'm recording this right now. It's about 6.43 in the morning. And um, a couple things have been on my heart. Um, started thinking about conversations I've been having over the last few weeks. And um, it really started with another radio show I was on, on uh, WURD. It was the Happy Hour Show with Sarita Martin. And uh, we were talking about the, the podcast. We were talking about this. And um, the question that came up was, you know, where is God in the midst of everything that's happening right now? You know, COVID-19, somebody said 1920, <laughs> whatever they're calling it right now. But, you know, this pandemic that is, it's evolving. And I have my own theories around what's going to happen with that. But um, that and racism and politics and uprisings like where is God and then recently asked you know in the midst of all of this where is the church and what is the expectation that you know people have of the church and so I try to give my wisdom and my thoughts on things from a perspective of you know being a millennial I'm 37 I was born in 1982, so I'm on the cusp of things, um, and a lot of us are kind of on the cusp. We're transition babies, where you go from, you know, not having a bunch of technology or any at all to having all of it and access to so much at your fingertips all the time in so many different ways. Um, and so because of that, you are privy to different conversations, and um, I remember having conversations with my mother of course, before she passed, but I was very young, probably about eight or nine. And um, we were just talking about what the last days would look like. And I'm not going to get into that in here. I'm still unpacking what that is, (laughs) you know, at my age. But let's say about 20 or so years ago, even more, um, we're having this conversation about it. And it's very scary. Um, so I pull on those conversations. I pull on, you know, what I see scrolling through social media and the internet. I pull from conversations I have with friends and, you know, of course, conversations I have with God. And, um, because I ask him questions and I look for the answer. So anyway, um, the question really is like, where is God and everything that's going on? And again, how should the church respond? And so I guess that depends on your perspective. Um, You have to believe that God even exists for us to ask where he is or she is. Um, We don't necessarily have to assign a gender to God, but it makes some people comfortable. Um, But you have to start with, you know, do I believe God is real to even have that conversation? And if you do believe that, which I would assume if you're listening to this that you do or you believe some higher being is you're connected to them I would think that God is very present in this time 
And that really comes from my belief that God always is present. Like he's never not present. And that also comes from a belief that God exists in everything. So he exists in me. He exists in you. Um, He exists in the trees and the air and everything living, everything around us. um, He's there. So I believe there's always a reason for how, when, and where things happen. And I don't think that any of it is a coincidence, but by design. So the question I was recently asked was, you know, how does the church respond to it? And there's so many articles and opinions and posts on this topic. And there was one that I pulled from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't know how I stumbled upon that. It was very specific. But they provided ways that the church can um, respond to COVID specifically. And this was like pretty early in the quarantine space. And they provided some practical ways churches could uh, provide like different alternatives to worship services and revising church practices and cleaning and sanitizing and over communicating plans with their their flock, you know. Um, But what struck me most was a statement that they made about COVID. And as I think about it now, it really is. It's timely for everything. It's timely for the the racism, the uprising, the politics, the the pandemic, the questions of what's really going on behind all of this. Because that's the truth. We are all asking that question. Like, what is really behind all of this? We're hearing about 5G towers and people are still fighting. We're still fighting sex trafficking. And it's just it's a lot of evil in the world. And so you can't not approach this conversation without wondering what is really up. But this is what they said. The church's concern for COVID-19 should also be rooted in its theological foundations. Every person is worthy of dignity and respect because they are made in the image of God, which means that we should seek to care well for them in trying times such as these. Yet difficult situations create opportunities for questions to model the call of Jesus to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, I really was just thinking about this along the lines of, you know, COVID and the pandemic. But again, thinking about every single thing that, I, even climate, <laughs> every single thing. There's so much that we are all battling right now in the world but I'm in the United States. <laughs> so I'm thinking specifically about what is happening in my country. Because this is my country. And what are some of the things that I've been seeing and I've been feeling and, and, and other people have been seeing and been feeling. And again, that question is, well, how does the church respond? Where is God in all of this? And I love what they said because they talk about being, we are made in the image of God. Every person is worthy of dignity and respect. We have to care for one another. And even in difficult situations like this, it is the opportunity for us. And I'm not even, we're not even just talking about Christians. Everybody. Even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you know, you may be Muslim. You may be spiritual, but not religious. You may practice Yoruba traditions. 
You may practice yoga. <laughs> you could be Hindu. You could be Buddhist. Um, you could say, you know what? I just, I know that the energy of the trees and, you know, the earth and everything is working together. And that's what I believe. Cool. But at the end of the day, it's an opportunity for us as beings of that light. Beings who are our descendants of God or whatever we you would call God. Yahweh. It's an opportunity for us to model the call to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, Jesus talks about that, but let's be honest. You can find it in other places, too. I mean, it's not as if this concept is something that's only germane to Christianity. Okay? So it's it's, it's an opportunity to respond. So anyway... When they mention the theological foundations, though, uh, what does the word really say about times like these? And, um, you know, how do they show up in biblical stories? So I looked at Matthew 24, verses 4 through 8. And um, it says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So these things have been documented to have happened before, and Jesus instructed us on what to look for and how to respond. Um... But as a millennial, (laughs) like I said, I'm in a transitional spot and a lot of us are. Um, I do believe that most people feel this way. You know, like the the church itself right now is to provide the guidance, the truth, and to treat God's people as he instructed. And I do believe that the people are the church because it's evidenced by the pandemic itself. You know, we were confined to homes. So how did the church continue to operate? We went to Zoom. So it lets us know that we're not relegated to a building, although it's amazing to have fellowship in that place and we get to be with each other and hug and, you know, pray together and hold hands and all that. Like, that's not lost on me. I love it. But what this has shown us is that it exists in us. And we're to take it everywhere that we go. But that was one scripture, and there's so much to learn and understand about what God expects of us as we try to manage situations like this. Um, So I think that with everything that's happening, and this is beyond COVID, like I said, we're talking about politics, racism, uprising, climate, all of that, everything that's going on in the world. Um, I think that it is incumbent upon the church, us, (laughs) because I just said that, you know, it's not the building. You're not looking just to the leader. If you're in it, you're of it. So it's us. So it's taking that truth, speaking the truth, having the hard, uncomfortable conversations, digging deep into the uncomfortable. Um, I don't think any of us at this point are looking for any sugarcoating, respectability, beating around the bush, 
any empty theology. We want facts. We want truth. We want to have the hard conversations about life and living and how do I make following God or following my practice um, practical? What does that look like? How do I overcome adversity? How do I overcome addictions and sin and breaking generational bonds and dating? And how do I deal with sex? And yeah, sex, because we don't always talk about that thoroughly. And I appreciate um, Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church, who I follow, have been following for some years, and he goes into it. And it's a conversation that we have to have. It's the things that are under cover are the things that we suffer from because we don't give them light, because we don't bring it up. And the more we continue to try to cover things up and act like they don't happen, that they don't exist, they, they fester. And that's why all of this is so important right now, because everything is being pulled up. Everything. And more is coming, but it's pushing all of us to have those conversations, especially as a church body, as a God body, to really talk about our health as a, as a nation, as humans, as spiritual beings. What do we really have to tackle? What else do we really have to talk about? And I speak from a place of experience in this because just even in my personal life, I always joke that, you know, once... I ask God to heal certain things in me, and I ask for certain things, and I think I'm done with my healing. He's like, mm 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 mm, ah 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 ah, or what does Matumbo say? No, no, no. He says, "Girl, you better get it, get back in here with me. There's more. We got more to talk about, and we want to talk about all those things, and not just hear the." You know, don't do it, and it's a sin, and you know, um, it it doesn't align with this, that, or the other. But tell me why. Help me understand, because it isn't enough. What we've been doing hasn't been enough. We haven't been real enough. So it's time to get real about life and how we can practically form these relationships with God and um, tackle the things that we're not healed from, the things that rattle us. The how do I just become a better person? And that's how I think God is, is present in all this is because he is forcing us. He has forced our hand. Forced. I don't believe any of this is by coincidence. It is all by design. And we have been given another opportunity of grace and mercy to try and get things right. And I think there, there are many of us that get it. And they know, and I have to, I have to give it up to people who have been on the front lines and, you know, protesting. There is something to be said about consistency. There's a power in it. You keep showing up to do that thing, even when it doesn't look like the, the light is at the end of the tunnel. You may not even see it, but you keep walking, you keep pushing, you keep prodding. Guess what? Even when it's time for you to put it down, you're not quite putting it down. Somebody's picking up the mantle and they're pushing it forward. They're moving it forward. And that's extremely important. It's extremely important in this time. So anyway, um, I want to wrap this up because I have so many thoughts right now. And um, 
to be quite honest, I'm really talking off the cuff and what I've been feeling. But the bottom line is he is present. He's present in all of this. We have a duty. I think this has probably been a theme in a lot of the episodes that have been recorded is we have a duty. We have an opportunity. We have a duty. We have an opportunity. We have a duty. It's time. He called us to be more. And we really have been like chilling. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to just live this life. I'm going to live my best life. What does that even mean? What does it even mean? New normal, new opportunity, new day. This whole thing shook us all up. We're not only fighting ourselves, we're fighting, we're fighting (laughs) principalities that do not exist in front of our faces. We cannot see them. It's like air. You know it is there, but you can't see it. There's evidence. And if we've learned nothing else from this, there is evidence that these other things exist. These other energies, these other powers exist. And God has given us an opportunity to rise up and do what we are called to do. Period. And it requires more of us. It requires us, and I've said this before, leaning into him to find out who we're supposed to become in him. Who who does he call you to be? But just for the sake of this conversation, who does he call the church to be? That's you too. Because we are the church. (laughs) We can't keep separating it. We are it. The building is the building. But until those two or three are gathered in his name, still a building. We are the church. So it's calling us to do that individual, nasty, unattractive work on ourselves to show up better. I'm not, we're not talking about perfection. We're not. All things can be perfect in him, yes. But we're not talking about perfection. We're not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, you know, you got to get everything perfectly coiffed. In it. No. But it is time to do dirty work <laughs> on yourself. And as a church, again, that is a, it's a collective of ourselves. How do we show up in the world? Because if he is present, he's present in us. And we have a role in ensuring people are ready for whatever is to come. Providing that truth, guidance, and treating God's people as we have been instructed. I'm going to leave it at that. Go on and do your personal work. Go on and get in front of him. On the knees, in the car, in your bedroom. Doesn't matter. Wherever. And get real. Get real with your family. Get real with your community. Get real with your neighbors. 
Get real with your followers on social media. Just be get real. Because all the stuff we've been hiding, that what they say, the chickens have come home to roost. They roosting like a mug right now. And this isn't it. There's more. There's more. We're not done. There's a lull right now. But you have to be ever ready, ever vigilant. I love you. I thank God for you. (laughs) I hope this helped in some way. And I look forward to coming back and communing with you one more again. Have an amazing day.